Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very well on this fine Thursday evening. Apologies that we're running ever so slightly behind. I was just saying to uh, my good friend JJ beforehand that I've been running around like a madman dealing with broken picture frames and trying to rustle up some dinner before we go live. But um, we're here now, and once again, we're back with our preview show where we'll be looking ahead to Manchester United. But there's a lot to get through this evening, the Champions League draw, England call-ups. It's uh, it's going to be a good show. And once again, I'm delighted to be joined by the man himself, JJ. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Apart from, obviously, the manic rush for food and glass and everything else. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, so <laughs> for those that don't know, um, I've recently moved out and I've just been going through that phase of, you know, I've done the furniture, that's all done, and now I'm kind of in that that nice finessing period where you're putting bits on the walls. And a couple of weeks ago, I saw this lovely print of Highbury, and I was like, right, I'll have that. I've been waiting ages for it to come. Like, you know, in, in this day and age, you order something, it, it's almost odd not to get it within 48 hours. And I'll tell you, I've been waiting over a week for this. Not a problem. I'm, I'm not demanding it anytime soon. But I was so excited when it arrived. I already had the A3 picture frame ready. I was like, right, today's the day. It arrives to my surprise because I didn't have any tracking, didn't know it was coming. And uh, I put it in the frame. I put it on the wall. And in this place that I've moved into, they've got these little nice, uh, well, I say they're nice. They've kind of done me a bit dirty here these nails that they put into the wall that look fairly secure so what i've done is i've affixed the picture to the wall and i've not got anywhere particularly in mind that i'm going to put this i'm just placing it around seeing what what spot might look best and i've got it on this one but yeah that's that's perfect the perfect nail it's on there i'd say no more than 35 seconds before it comes crashing down glass everywhere the print is fine by the way the Arsenal prints of Highbury is absolutely fine. So don't worry about that, viewers and listeners. Uh, that's the most important thing here. But I have effectively just burned £16 um, through the loss of a picture frame and lots of broken glass and a cut finger. Um, so that's part of the reason why we're running late. 
And also I had to uh, reheat a chickpea curry. So that's, that's, that's the second part of the reason. So I've really got off tangent there, mate, but that, that's how I'm doing. Um, but as I say, we've got a lot to crack through tonight. We've already done over two and a half minutes of me rambling on about absolute nonsense. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the Manchester United game, but there's a couple of things that uh, I think we should cover just before then. And it's something, um, first and foremost, that I am over the moon about. A lot of people were saying that it should have gone to Haaland. Come on, he already won the Player of the Year. Of course, it's Bukayo Saka winning Young Player of the Year, JJ. I mean, it's so easy to forget that he is 21 years old. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Haaland being an absolute monster, he, he was definitely in contention with winning Player of the Year. But... I mean, thoroughly deserved it. I, I can't think of any footballer that I could be any happier with. He's just someone that I've got such a strong connection with. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on it, mate? Yeah, I, I echo the same as you. I, I think what a what a great achievement for him being so young. And I think he's got more to come. Um, obviously, he's got two years until he doesn't qualify for young player of the year anymore. But yeah, he definitely has got the potential to obviously win the senior player of the year as well as a young player of the year himself. You know, um, he could, he could potentially win both. Um, he could, he could potentially be a Ballon d'Or winner one day, James, you know, we, we, there's no limits to me for where this kid can go. And I mean, um, he's already won Arsenal's player of the season. He's won England player of the year. He's won the PFA young player of the year. He's won an FA cup and two community shields. And he's contributed to 120 goals and assists in his career. And he's only 21 years of age. I mean, next month, I'll be 32. So it's 11 years removed from when I was 21. And I was nowhere near this level of doing what he's doing at 21. I was, I was barely, you know, able to stand upright after a few bexes in pubs and clubs at 21. This guy is dominating <laughs> English football and hopefully world football or European football per se, with our reroute into the Champions League. And I think that's only going to put more eyes on him in terms of getting these accolades that are away from just being in England. I think once you get onto that European stage, because there's still a lot of arguments out there, James, about the, uh, you know, Vinicius at Real Madrid still being better than him and your Salas and everything being better than him. So I think he's still got a slight way to go in terms of getting past those two. But he's he's very near. He's knocking at the door at least, and he's yeah. and he's not and he's knocking bloody loudly as well. He absolutely is, and I think Withers returning back to the Champions League. I mean, it, it puts him on the world stage, doesn't it? So, you know, the world will get to see what this kid is capable of. And uh, you know, you say he's eleven years younger than you. I mean, it's crazy to me because I, I I still feel like I'm the same age as these guys. But to put it in perspective, I'm still I, I don't now. <laughs> No, it's, it's hard though, isn't it? Because you just feel like, oh yeah, 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 we're pro- we're probably around the same age. But then you look at his date of birth, you're like, oh my god, he was born after 2000. Like that, oh, is pretty sickening. I know, I know. I wasn't one of them criticising his age when he was signed of Jorginho, but I just turning on Twitter and seeing everybody go, he's 31, he's past. I'm like, same age as me. What do you mean past? I'm like, am I past it? Yeah, it's, it, it's mental <laughs> when we look at a, a 29 year old and we're like, no, nah, he's too old. It's like, oh God, like if I was a footballer, I would be, I should be in my peak, but I'm hoping I'm going to be like an Olivier Giroud and maybe peak when I'm about 35. Um, But we were talking about Saka being in the Champions League. Obviously, it completely slipped my mind in the madness of broken picture frames that it was, of course, the Champions League draw this evening. And having looked at it just before we've gone on air, got to say, JJ, I don't think we could have asked for a better draw, could we? 
No, no, I think I think it's you know I won't ever underestimate any of these teams. You know, we've been bitten too many times thinking that's an easy draw and everything else. But in terms of what you what you could have got, I, I'm I'm very very happy with what we've got there. And the other bonus that I'll add to it is is none of them. Hopefully, you know, at the moment. I understand there's a bit of a crisis in terms of everyone getting, but we've got private planes. So hopefully we don't have to go commercial. So we'll be all right. But in terms of flying, they're very easy trips to make. You know, even if you really wanted to, you could get, you could get the Eurostar to the one against PSV and the one against Lens. You don't have to fly. So yeah, I, I think they're good, not only from the teams potentially that you've got. You've also got a, you know, a very good draw in terms of travel. You know, you're not going deeper, deeper into Europe to play these long ties and then coming back to have hard league games after, you've got quite short trips there. So, yeah, I don't mind it at all. Um, and uh, I think we should be winning that group comfortably. I would hope so as well. I would argue that there are some pretty tough away trips in there. I, th- I mean, I think even in the Europa League, you've got to expect a certain degree of, I don't know how to push, put it, hostile atmosphere when you go away from home in Europe because these teams are going to be bang up for it. I mean, a team like uh, Lens or Lons, however it's best to pronounce it, they're going to be, I, I really do encounter them being a trickier way there, as someone's put in the comments. Um, but in Sevilla, we know exactly what they're capable of. They're a very, very tricky opponent, both at home and away, I feel. Um, and then PSV, obviously, we played them in the Europa League last season, so we know what we're up against. And you know they weren't easy either. So although on paper, it looks like a relatively straightforward draw. We all know when it actually comes to playing these games, it's probably not going to be as simple as as we all want it to be. But this is the Champions League, you know. The there's going to be much, much, much more difficult tests along the way. So um, yeah, I'm I'm happy with the draw as well. And I think, like you say, they're they're relatively comfortable trips. They should coincide quite nicely with our Premier League campaign. And well, I mean, whilst we're on the topic of the Champions League, JJ, how how far do you realistically think we can go in this tournament? I, I think James, the the lack of European sorry European pedigree at this club needs to be addressed very much as the addressing of selling of players, which I think you might get into later. I don't want to jump the gun. Uh, I think that's the only two real Achilles heels that this club has now, um, and I think the way that Arteta has spoken about the players, about the team, and getting into the Champions League. I, I think that we should be at least pushing to get to the semis, James. It's a nice thought, isn't it? I think we're in a lot of people's top five to go yeah. and win it. I think I think we're what we fifth bookies favourites. Yeah. Um which I it's mean worth a t- shout at ten to one, mate. It's worth a shout. I am <laughs> not mean- gonna encourage gambling on this channel. <laughs> But it's but it'd be rude not to just, those odds, just, just, it? just have a look. Just have a look. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's a tournament that you know, has eluded us for some time. I mean, I, I still have, even I was very young, I was 10 years old when we got to that Champions League final. That is one of those younger Arsenal memories that really, really, really sticks in my head. Just remember being absolutely devastated at my tender age that we didn't go on to win that thing. Um, and then obviously in, well, I say more recent years, um, it's been a long time since we've been in the Champions League, but my more uh, recent memories of it, getting knocked out in the last 16 again and again and again by the likes of Bayern Munich, Barcelona. Um, I still have horrible memories of that uh, defeat to AC Milan where we lost 4-0 at the San Siro and then brought it back to 3-0 at the Emirates and Van Persie should have scored to make it uh, 4-0 on the night. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I hope it's a lot better than that. And I think it will be. It's a completely different cohort of players. We've got so much to look forward to. And I love your optimism. And I'd love us to get to the semi-finals. I mean, for us to do that, I can only imagine how raucous the Emirates is going to be. But, you know, it'll be a real test of this squad, a real test of this strength in depth that we're uh, we're seemingly talking about a lot. And that brings me on to my next uh, point of discussion. Um, because as good as it is to be in the Champions League, we have got rid of a few players recently, which we discussed on our last show, needed to be done. Um, Kieran Tierney's gone to Sociedad on loan. We've sold Balogun uh, to Monaco. And um, Nuno Tavares is on the verge of joining Nottingham Forest, so we're led to believe. And then we've still got to wrap up deals for the likes of Nicola Pepe, Cedric Suarez, and, and a couple of other names in there like Rob Holding. Um, what have you made of some of the outgoings, mate? I mean, I'm particularly interested to get your thoughts on the Kieran Tierney one, because if you look at our defence on paper, is it not a little bit weaker than it was this time last year? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, um, all these people here that uh, we've, you know, that have gone out on these loans and what have you, they're all expected. To, they were all ones that we expected to go. Um, that you know they were they're all third, maybe fourth choice in their positions. Whether we think that's right or wrong, you know, Kieran Tierney for me, we said it last week. We've said it on podcasts together since last season when we've been on James. Still feel that we you need a conventional left back in that position. But also, if you were to go to a back three, which has been what's happening lately with this club. Um, he is a brilliant left centre-back in a back three because that's what he has to do for Scotland because Andy Robertson still plays as the left-back for them or the left wing-back. He he plays as a left centre-back in a three for for his country and he does that well as well. And we he's done it well for Arsenal. He, he was playing that position when we won an FA Cup, albeit it was different times. You know, it wasn't fans or whatever, but I still believe he'd done the job. And he's one of those people. He will knuckle down and do his job. And... The, the, I do feel we are short there, but plus added into that, the two players that we're relying on more are Zinchenko and Tomiyasu to fill that left-sided role. Kivior as well, potentially, but Zinchenko, I can't remember the full statistics of it, but I think that over the last couple of seasons, he's missed about 60% of the games. And then Tomiyasu, He's missed in the last two years, I think it was 36 games. So he's nearly missed a full season of games over spread over two seasons. And I think to not bring a defender in is extremely negligent from this regime. And I understand that they're probably looking at it going, well, we can't spend spend on somebody because of the financial fair play restrictions. You know, we're not like the Chelsea's of this world where we can just sell one one day, buy another one the next, and they haven't got UEFA hanging over them as well, uh, that check FFP, unlike us and the other clubs that are in the Champions League. So really, what is there short-term loan deal-wise of a defend? You know, you're looking at potentially just bringing in a body. And that leads me to, will you end up with a Pablo Mari or a Cedric-type player again? You know, I know I've seen a lot of people say, James, what do you think of Carl Walker-Peters as an option? I think Carl Walker-Peters would be great, James, but will he come in on a short-term loan? I don't think he will. I think he'd want it, but I don't think Southampton would want it. And they'd probably want an option to buy as well. And I think Arsenal are probably looking at it going, well, we're not going to buy. 
we won't buy him permanently. We just want someone for now. I mean, you factor in Thomas Partey as well as being played as a right back in January, Tommy Asu and him. Tommy Asu goes to the Asia Cup with Japan and Thomas Partey's going to Ghana. So you lose theoretically, even though I don't want Thomas Partey being a right back. Currently, that's where Arteta's playing him. You're losing two right backs and then a potential spare left back in Tommy Asu. And I know in January a new FFP window comes in. So we might buy somebody, but I, I just look at it and I think you, you needed someone now. And as much as I like Raul Walters, and I think there's a player in there, James, and I think he will get a chance. It's got to be like when Saka first come in against Frankfurt, he's got to be flawless from the beginning because you, you, you haven't got the adapt, you haven't got the, you know, the adaptation time because the level has gone so up in the club that, playing a kid and if this kid gets found out quite early with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, we're, we're, it's curtains, you know, as much as the timber deal was great and the first start of the window for me was fantastic. The way we've ended it again, I just, I just feel like we're, we become, we're weaker again when I felt so strong and the timber one, you know, we, it's, it's a shame. It really is a shame because that was a 40 million purchase. That's a big purchase still. And you lose him straight away. And it's, you know, like I said, we're not like Chelsea where we can just lose one and buy another. And um, yeah, it's just it's just difficult, James. I think I think we are extremely short there, and to rely on someone coming out of the academy, like I said, he could come in, James, and be fantastic. He could just bang from the off. He could be like Rico Lewis is for City. You know, they don't really panic when he's in there now. He's just come in and hit hit the ground running. But you know, to expect that off a kid, it's going to be difficult. But we'll see. Just whilst I remember as well, to those of you joining us live on YouTube, please do get your comments and questions in the chat room. Um, I'll make sure to make a note of them. And at the end of the show, me, myself and JJ um, will answer as many as we possibly can do, if not all of them. Um, I think it's an interesting point you make there, mate. And, you know, it is deadline day tomorrow. It's crazy to think how quickly that has come around. And 
I'm in complete agreement with you, as I was last week. We do need to absolutely sign somebody because I do feel like even if we let Rob Holding go, you know, having lost him and Kieran Tierney, which I think is something that we're expecting to happen, all it takes is a couple of injuries to the likes of Tommy Asu and Zinchenko. We've, we've got no cover at all. Like we, we've got depth in terms of versatility, but all it takes is two injuries and we're, we're, in, we're in the muds. We're in big trouble. So that is something that really does concern me. Whether I expect Arsenal to go and actually delve into the market, um, I think they would be naive not to, because I think there will be opportunities tomorrow. I'm not sure what those opportunities will be, but we all know on deadline day, absolutely anything can pop up. I mean, Tommy Asu was a deadline day signing. It's just a case of who can we get within that 10 to 20 million pound price range that is going to be of quality enough to come in and not disrupt the flow of the team. We need basically to sign another Tomiyasu type player. That would be the perfect signing for me. And I think it's so unfortunate with the injury to Jury and Timber because if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't really need to be talking about this. Our window would effectively be done. Okay, maybe we could focus our attentions on, on another attacker. Maybe. But even there, we're fairly stacked. So it is circumstances more than anything that has raised the question of, do we need to dip ourselves into the market? Um, but like you say, we're leaving ourselves short if we don't. And to rely on someone like Raw Waters, I think would be naive, especially at the, the level we're competing at now. You know, by all means, play him, but make sure you've got a, an able backup there um, to, to to come in when we need them to, which inevitably will happen at some point. Um, and I suppose this is a very unpopular opinion. I'm not expecting you to agree with it in any way, shape or form, JJ. But we do still have Cedric Suarez at the club. Um, I mean, look, he's not any of our first choices. Let's have it right. He is not a player that should still be at Arsenal. With all due respect to him, we we have outgrown him. Um, I don't remember him having... Well, I do actually. I do remember him having some stinkers. But there's none in this better version of Arsenal that I can recall him having that have been excruciatingly bad. I mean, this is a guy that has played left back, played right back. Um, you know, he's getting on a little bit, but he's not a he's not a horrendous player. If worst came to worst and push came to shove, would you consider keeping Cedric amongst the team? No. No. <laughs> he's part of that he's part of that seven. You know, the the unred you know, they they were part of the undesirable seven. If there was any chance that he would be reintegrated into the team, sorry if I butchered that, um, <laughs> James, he wouldn't be training by himself. You know, if the, if if we wanted to, if, if it got to a stage where it was like, okay, I'm looking at everything that's going on around me. I've got two players there potentially on the left hand side that keep, you know, that they, they, they go down quite easily. I could lose them. He still doesn't want Cedric a part of it. So for me, I I can't see any way of having him back in James and uh, for me I, I I don't think he's good at, I would rather take a punt on a kid in that position than roll out with Cedric again I've seen enough of Ced I've seen enough of Cedric to know that I don't want to see any more of him <laughs> uh, although he has a fan he's got one of the best looking wives at the club so it's a shame that she'll be leaving the best looking wife club but um yeah you know like we talked about earlier the levels have changed and uh, yeah, he doesn't meet the level for me anymore. Oh God, I hope the poor bloke isn't watching. Sorry, Cedric, if you yes, are. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish him the best. He, you know, he's he's not one of these that's come out and slagged the club off or anything else like that. He's he's just done what he's had to do. He's gone on his loans and everything else, and his loans haven't worked out for him. But 
yeah, it's how it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't want to turn this into the Cedric Suarez show, but I do think that was a very unfortunate um, move to Fulham that he had earlier this year. I, I thought he would go there. I thought he'd play practically every game. Obviously, didn't work out that way. Um, I think it was Robinson that played in front of him, and you know, you know, rightly so. Um, but I think it's it's kind of telling of Cedric's level. I do think he, um, as PW says in the chat, I think. I'm surprised he doesn't rate Tommy. I think Tommy's a good player. Uh, Cedric is okay. I, I, he is okay, um, but that's part of the problem. We need more than okay at the minute because as we saw in the game against Fulham, uh, okay just doesn't cut it. You need to be absolutely perfect in this game. And um, thank you to all of you that are leaving questions in the chat box. Remember, if you haven't done so already, please do leave us some questions and we'll uh, endeavour to answer them at the end of the show. Um, but just before we move on to the United game, mate, Obviously, we were talking this time last week about Fulham at home and we were predicting 3-0 and we were very, uh, very, not not cocky. Cocky is not the right word. I think it was optimism more than anything. That's what I'll say to any Fulham fans that might be watching. Um, it's a game we should have won. We made it a lot more difficult than it needed to be. First thing I'll say is we didn't lose the game, even though it does feel like a big, a big hammer blow. But um yeah, I left the ground feeling very disappointed, especially after having gone two one up, mate. And uh, yeah, it, it's put so much emphasis on us winning this game. I think you know we we beat United well, and Fulham all, all will be forgiven. But surely we had to win that game. And I mean, I know it's been a while now, but how did you feel after it? Oh, gutted, James. Absolutely gutted. Um, I I just I couldn't believe the way that we started it. And also, I just I couldn't believe the way that we finished it. Um, the mindset for me from the manager was all wrong. I think that fed into the players. Um, you know, there was there's a lot of talk at this club about how we do things really well and we do it early. You know, last season, oh, we started so well early. This transfer window, oh my god, we got all the business done early. Well, we did Christmas four months before Christmas against Fulham because we gave them presents straight away, gave them the goal, you know, said, there you go, have it. And what I cannot abide about this club, James, is, is when one person makes an error, there is always time to stop the next level of that happening. And it does it. Ramsdale could have bailed Saka out there and he was dreadful for it as well. And for the second goal, Sinchenko dilly-dallying to give him the corner. When the corner comes in, the first phase of trying to block the cross from going in is terrible. Ramsdale's positioning, again, is terrible. And Saka, for me, he turns around as if to be like, well, who's got it? It was Saka's man. And Would Saka have won that aerial duel? I don't know. But if he gave himself time to get up there before him, he very well might have done. But I, I just it just spiralled for me. I, I think... A lot's going to be talked about. The system has been talked about. The system has been talked about trying to accommodate one player. I know that will be a big bone of contention for later on, maybe, and for the chat. But yeah, um, it just puts more pressure on what is already one of our biggest pressure games of the season due to the fact that, for me still, this Arsenal-Man United rivalry is the rivalry in the Premier League. There's been artificial ones tried to be created since then, but it's nothing like Arsenal versus Man United is. You know, Liverpool and Man City had an 18-month rivalry, James. 
Arsenal and Man United have had a rivalry for what, 20, 20 plus years? Maybe oh, even longer more. than that. Exactly. There you are. So it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it just puts more pressure on this weekend. And especially when you're coming up against the likes of um, Manchester City, you know, who found a way to win against um, Sheffield United, despite it looking like they were going to be pegged back to a draw. I mean, that that's what we're up against. Teams that just find ways of winning games, no matter the circumstances. You know, in the 85th, 87th minute or whatever, it was when Sheffield United equalised, you think the game's effectively done. But nope, not in City's book. They, they come back and win that game. Um, I just felt like, you know, I don't want to go into a review of the Fulham game because we've already done that with Chris. But what I mentioned to him at the time in our post-game show was I just felt like we switched off when they got their their second yellow cards for um, for Calvin Bassey. And obviously when they went down to 10 men, we just kind of, you know, fell into our shell a little bit, got a little bit complacent. And I think that Zinchenko move uh, for the corner just pretty much summed it up. So, no, I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm as bitterly disappointed as anyone uh, with that result, because you just can't afford to drop points in this league when you're going up against Manchester City, because they will take advantage at every single opportunity. So, for you, are there genuine causes for concerns, or do you think it's just teething problems at the start of the season? I I think that there is a cause for concerns, James, because the system, for me at the moment, isn't working, because you, you're you're using this system to accommodate a new signing of Havertz. And if it was just detrimental to one or two players, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't complain about it. But you're making Ben White, who I thought had a brilliant, he had one of his best games against Fulham. But still, he, he's not the player that, he, you know, that link up with Saka is pretty much gone now with the way that you're playing. You, you, you're making Odegaard. You know, he's not as, he's not been as effective. Martinelli, I thought that was one of his worst games in a long, long time. I thought he should have been subbed way before he did at the weekend, Martinelli. Um, Saka, okay, he got his, you know, he got his penalty and everything else. I didn't think he had a good game. I just think you're doing too much extra damage to players that got you to within five points of winning the league last season. Now, if we're going to be, like I said earlier, where we were so perfect at the start of last season, if we're just slowly going about it this time and then we'll get a better finish at the end, I'm all for it. But I just can't see, I can't see this current system being sustainable, James, due to the fact that it's causing so many of these early problems. I mean, the first goal as well, Party and Ben White are both trying to run into the same sort of space to go in front of Saka, for then Saka to go in behind, to drag those players out and for Saka to go in behind and them to feed him. But you can't have both of them run in that space because then you just leave, you just leave Saliba by himself. You leave Saliba and Kivy all by themselves. And it was just like that early in a game as well. What what was the mental thinking behind that for both of them to bomb on like that? You've got to at least say to one of them, hang on, you know, hang on here. You've got to be a bit more defensively disciplined in the early stages of the game. I mean, hypothetically, you or me get picked for Arsenal to play at the weekend, James. They're going to say before the game to the, us two, first 10 or 15 minutes, 
do your five or ten yard passes. Don't try and be a hero. These are experienced internationals. Okay, Ben White doesn't get picked. Thank God I don't want him playing with these dipsticks and lunatic managers that England have got, mate. I'm glad he can be fresh for us. But you've got to be you've got to be more disciplined there. I just I don't understand what the thinking was in that move that that was a wise thing to do that early in a game. And I think it's just a case of where where it's too much tinkering, it's affecting what they've known. You know, they've had a system ingrained in them for a year that, like I said, nearly got them within five points of winning a league. And now you've completely changed that system all to accommodate a new signing. And the new signing isn't working and your team isn't working. So he's got a big he's got a big job to do. And I mean, James, I'm I'm thinking this weekend he's probably going to start Havertz up front because he's going to bring he's going to bring Gabriel. Well, he's going to bring Gabriel and Zinchenko back, and then have Party as a as as a six, Rice as an eight, and I think and I think that's completely unfair to Eddie and because I think Eddie and should. I know people have gone well. Jesus is back. Oh, sorry, the two best players for us in the league this season have been Thomas Party and Eddie and so Eddie and Ketia for me should be starting up front at the weekend against Man United, but he probably won't because he's got to play Havertz. Let's hold off on the team lineup stuff for just one minute, mate, because I'm conscious we've done half an hour and we've not actually spoken about who it is we're playing. Um, what have you made of Manchester United this season? Because you know they scraped past um, Nottingham Forest. Credit to them. Um, they came back from two goals down, but I mean, to, to do that at home to, to Forest, uh, I mean, it, it's not the most convincing of victories, I'll put it that way, but they have got the victory, so can't knock them for that. Um, we know that they're riddled with injuries. <clears throat> they lost away at Spurs. They just about got by against Wolves on the opening day, a game that they definitely shouldn't have gotten three points from. Um, given their injuries, given their inconsistencies, I have a slight inclination to feel confident. I don't know if that's wrong or right, but I just feel like, you know, this is a game that we've got to win. I do also have horrible memories of United come to the Emirates with the likes of a patched up defence featuring the likes of Paddy McNair and Chris Smalling and Johnny Evans. And I wouldn't be surprised if they rolled him out for this one. And they they still got a win. So it's always an interesting one against United, but our home record in recent years has been fantastic against them. So I mean, surely, JJ, this is a game that we, we've got to got to be looking to win. But um, just before you go into that, I mean, what have you made in uh, in your view of United this season? Uh, I, th- I think they've been incredibly lucky, James. Um, I-, I think at the weekend, I don't think it was a penalty. I, th- I, think, I think Rashford made a meal of that. And I think they were lucky to get that. Um, and then in terms of the game against the noisy neighbours, <laughs> they were absolutely... Terrible. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And I think if, because, if, you know, they're going to do way more analysis than what me and you are doing right now, where they're going to have the big projector out, pausing, the old laser pen, look at this one here, look at that one there. If we can't run through that midfield, like Barry's put here, they are dire off the ball in midfield, exactly. If we can't run through that midfield with party Rice or Odegaard, then we should be ashamed of ourselves. Um, especially if, you, if you're bringing Sinchenko back as well to fill in that space to drag them out, we should be slapping them in that midfield at the weekend. Just because all Spurs did was run straight through them. They just played through the middle of them. And that's exactly what we should be doing. The, the blueprint's there to beat them. It's just whether, you know, whether we're going to do it or not. And again, I know you said hold fire on the lineup. It does. It all depends to me on the lineup. And I think on that note, it's probably right that we go into it. I mean, one player you've already uh, spoken about that I, I wanted to talk about kind of in his own little segment anyway, because I'm I'm over the moon for the kids. Uh, you know, calling him a kid, but I mean, he's what, 24 now. Um, Eddie Nketiah getting his call up for England. I mean, he he started the season like a house on fire. Um, OK, he should have scored against Crystal Palace, but got his goal against Forest. Uh, was brilliant when he came on in the Community Shield. Um, was very good against Palace, apart from not scoring. And then came off the bench in a game he should have started against Fulham, uh, does what he's in there to do, score, and everything else about his game was absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, I, I was a bit surprised that he got the call up for England. I just thought he was going to be one of these players that is just kind of, you know, cast over, um, despite being English. You know, he, he's, he did have dual heritage. I think he could have qualified for Ghana, um, but he's held out for England. And yeah, I mean, this is this is such a big opportunity for him. I do hope he gets on the pitch at some point because I think he'll be absolutely relishing it. But given that we've had this news, I think it's more important than ever that he starts this game because he is going to be full of beans and he will put in one hell of a performance, I feel. You know, I don't care that Jesus is back for the time being. You know, it's great. Well, I do care. Obviously, it's fantastic. But for this game, given how the season has started, given the confidence that's going to be oozing through him at the minute, Eddie Nketiah has to lead the line in this game. And if, like you say, Havertz is starting it, or if you know, even if Nketiah isn't starting this game, I think I'm going to be disappointed because he's the one that deserves to. I think we all know he's the one that deserves to. The only one that would, you know, soften that blow is if Jesus started. But even then, Eddie is still the guy I want leading that line. I wish you hadn't put the thought of Havertz starting ahead of him into my head. Um, not that I'm going to go on a tirade about um, Kai Havertz, but I mean, I want this to be more positive uh, in terms of Eddie and Ketia. Um, First of all, mate, how happy are you for him to get his call up to England? And how vital is it that he starts the game on Sunday? For, for me, he's got to be up front for us. Um, I, I pick on form and merit. And for me, like I said earlier, 
him and Thomas Partey, for me, have been our best two players in the league this season. Uh, Rice is in there as well. Don't worry. I know people will be like, what about Declan Rice? Yeah, definitely. Rice is in there as well. Don't worry. But yeah, and, and Ketty has got to, got to be starting up front. I think he deserves a chance. Like you said, he's going to be full of beans. He's had an incredibly good week. I know that apparently he didn't start at Fulham because he felt something in his knee through the week. And that's why Trossard started. But apparently that's all good now. He's, he's, he's you know, ready and raring to go. So I would be playing him. I would be playing him. Um, and as much as I love Jesus, I look at it and I think coming off the bench, once they're t- even more tired, him with his strength and, you know, with the way he holds the ball up and everything else, he'd be a great option. Um, he could even he could even do the job if you wanted to, to take Saka off. You put him on the right-hand side, play him and Jesus together in the second half. If you need to take somebody off, you could do that. So th- th- there's the options there. But, yeah, no, Eddie, for me, he's got to be starting. And uh, apologies that I put that thought into your head. It reminds me of last week when you said to me, oh, if Party's at right back, it's going to be Ben White. And I was like, no, no, James, no. No, he's got to bring... If Sinchenko played, play, you know, come on as a sub against Palace and so did Gabriel, they can't do it again. So, yeah, hopefully I've got that wrong <laughs> this week. But we'll wait and see because I, I, I do think it's going to be Havertz leading the line, sadly. Well, there's, there's absolutely no excuse to play our best back four in this game. If we see Partey at right back again, I'm going to be going into this game feeling a little bit deflated, in all honesty. I know you should support every single player that's out there on the pitch, but that system is, is for me, it, it, I'm at my wit's end with it. Um, it is very frustrating to watch at this moment in time when you look at the players that we have available. And now Zinchenko's been back for a couple of games. You know, He played basically the whole of the second half against Fulham. He has to start this game. You saw how impactful he was when he was on the pitch and how you know faster our game was. The tempo was definitely a lot, lot higher. Um, but then there's that area of his game where he gets a little bit complacent, gives away the corner, which results in us conceding. If he can knock that out of his game, then he should 110% be starting this one. And there's no logical reason in my mind why you would start Kai Havertz. And if he is to start up top, I think it's a real uh, indication that we're only playing him to back up that hefty price tag or we're trying to play him into form. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, letting his game develop from the bench at times. You know, the more games he plays in this current form, uh, not that he's been dreadful the entire time. You know, I don't think he was bad against Forest. I thought he was fine against Palace. I thought he was good in the Community Shields. But when you've got Jesus, a striker, you've got Enketia, a striker, you don't play Kai Havertz, who is, you know, at the minute, um, not not what we're sure we're not sure about him. We just don't know where he fits into this team just yet. And I think it's right at this point that we get onto our team lineup, mate. Um, so, I mean, if you want to, just just feel free to run through it. So, even though I thought that he had two clangers, I'm, I'm still keeping Ramsdale in goal um, because. I think I think he's still for me. He's still got time there. Brilliant save um, at the end as well, though. Exactly, exactly. So he, he's for me. I'm not. I'm not dropping Ramsdale just yet. Um, I'm playing White at right back. Obviously, it's Saliba and Gabriel and Sinchenko. Party's my six. I'm going Rice, Odegaard as the eights, and then I'm doing Enketia, Martinelli, and Saka uh, because because I think that's that's your best team. And that is the best team to beat Man United, which which we need to do. 
and I'm in complete agreement with you. But okay, so the transfer window closes tomorrow. It doesn't look like Gabriel's going anywhere. If it comes to Sunday and he's lining up in similar fashion to what we've seen in the past three games, what is going on? Try and yeah. answer that for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it, it goes back to what we said. It's 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 being done to accommodate a, a, a signing. And it's very reminiscent, if you remember, James, as much as he was a free signing, Willian was Arteta's first real sort of big sight. He was the first one he made, his first full window, his first player, and he ran that into the ground to justify that. And you can't tell me otherwise. Willian was played so much just to justify that it was a good deal. And Havertz, for me, I'm going to feel sorry for him, James, because there's going to be, unless he, unless he starts all of a sudden scoring goals for fun or he's assisting for fun, he's going to get booed by our own fans. And I know I use that term loosely, fans, but that, uh, or if when he gets subbed, it's going to be cheered. They're going to cheer him being subbed off. And I think you're making a bad environment for him to thrive as a player as well as you're hurting the team. Because this is a guy that's already shot a confidence. You can see it. There was a point. Everyone shared the video on my on my Twitter timeline this week of Saliba making... He splits four players with that pass. And all Havertz has got to do is turn around. Because there's no, he's got just grass in front of him. And he could just turn and then either run himself and either have a shot or play somebody... But he plays it back. He plays it back, James, because he's got no confidence in him. He's just, he's, I, I, you need to get an arm around the guy and just, you know, lift every, when he's in training, every little thing that he's doing, that's that brilliant, that Kai. If, you know, if he's stuck in a goal, oh, that's a great finish, Kai. You know, er, er, little passes, anything. If he spins someone, if he does a little rondo or whatever, oh, class, well done, Kai. You just got to lift him. You've got to lift him so much. But I again I just I don't have him starting in my in my best lineup at the moment. It it, it just it, I can't I can't fit him in with what I would do to beat Man United. But I'm not the one making the decision you know, Arteta's way more cleverer than me. So we'll see what he picks on the day and we'll have to ride with it, James. I think the hope is that at some point we can uh, well, I'm hoping this more than anything. If Habits is to play, we see our normal back four, but then we see either Partey or Rice alongside Erdegaard and Habits um, because there's an excellent football. Um, there's an excellent football. I mean, there is an excellent football out there, but there's an excellent video out there as well uh, from Tifo Football, who I'd highly recommend anyone watching to go and subscribe to. And they've recently done a video um, hosted by the brilliant Sam Ty today talking about uh, what Kai Havertz actually does. And it's well worth a watch because if you look at his game, there are actually aspects of it that are very good. And obviously, when we're talking about the good things Havertz does, we're always going back to that fantastic season he had with Leverkusen in 2018-19. Because let's be honest, at Chelsea, he never really got played in his best position. He was played, I think, 63% of the time as a striker, which isn't his best role. But when he was at Leverkusen, he was playing in very much the Musa Ozil type of role, the traditional centre-attacking midfielder. And he would make those Aaron Ramsey-esque runs late into the box. And that's how he was getting so many opportunities. He had a striker ahead of him, two wingers on the side. And then he had you know, someone like Lars Bender in midfield to mop up. And he didn't have to worry about any defensive work. His only defensive work was in that final third of the pitch. In this system at Arsenal, 
if he's going to be playing in that left eight role, he's obviously going to have to do a bit of the defending that Granite Jacker did last season. And Jacker got seven goals and seven assists last season. And that's something that Arsenal are probably looking at with Havertz and thinking, wow, look how many goals he scored with Leverkusen when he was playing that more traditional box-to-boxy or central attacking midfielder sort of role. Look how many goals he got from his late runs into the box. But obviously, the 10 and the 8 are two different positions. Um, one requires a lot more responsibility than the other. And I think maybe that's why we're leaning towards this system now, because Partey inverts alongside Rice, and then you've got your midfield two, your Lars Bender, and Havertz can kind of do his thing. But because he's so bereft of confidence at the minute, despite having that midfield solidarity he's not doing what we want him to do and uh it's interesting in that video as well they pointed out just how much he is passing it back without even lifting his head up he's literally receiving the ball and passing it to the closest available player and i think that's one of the stark signs that a player is bereft of confidence because you'll know like when you're in school and you know you're not playing very well at football first thing you want to do is get the ball out of your feet you always want it to go to someone else and I, I, you know, that's probably a bit of an exaggerated comparison for Kai Havertz. He's a professional footballer on a lot of money. He shouldn't really get into those scenarios. But these are human beings, and he does need something to lift his confidence. This game at home to Manchester United, I think it would be a mistake to play him. I think it would only harm his confidence. Um, or if he is to play, it needs to be in a more balanced system um, because at the minute it's not working for him. I think it would be very ballsy if we were to line up with a midfield free of Rice, Havertz, Erdegaard. Um, but if we were to do that, and, you know, we started with a, a team that was, you know, featuring our favoured front three, Eddie Rice, Eddie Rice, not not um, Eddie Saka Martinelli, and then our favoured back four. If we saw Habits in that team, I'd be interested to see how it works out. Um, but whilst we're playing this, yeah, system that's up in the air, it's not working for him, it's not working for the team. Scrap it, go back to basics. Um, I mean, I talk about basics as if they are basic. Our basic is actually quite complex. Um, so I want us to go back to what we did so well last season. Unfortunately for me, um, that involves no Kai Havertz starting. But who knows? You know, if we need him from the bench and if, if we're winning the game, this could be the perfect opportunity for him to to stamp his authority on the team as it is for someone like Emil Smith-Rowe. I really want him to get um, get his opportunity. Well, well, James, this is, this is the other point that I'll make. Emil Smith-Rowe isn't getting minutes at the moment in that left eight. But when Granit Xhaka left, me and the majority of Arsenal fans I know were like, OK, you know, thank you, Granit Xhaka. You know, I appreciate you, everything, especially last season. But now they were like, brilliant. Emil Smith-Rowe in that left eight, like you said earlier, Aaron Ramsey 2.0 arriving late in the box finishing, tucking stuff off or smashing ones from range and everything else like that. Like Aaron Ramsey in the old days, you thought there he is. He's playing every week in that position. We go and buy Havertz and the manager is saying to us, give Havertz time. He's got a bed in. But he's also said the same about Emil Smith-Rowe. Give him time. He's got a bed in. But yet Havertz is starting, you know, and again, it's a very small sample size. I know it's very early in the season, but he's starting every game. And he, he had to he had to take him off at the weekend. It wasn't a case of he wanted to take him off. He had to take him off at the weekend because it just was not, again, like I said, it was getting detrimental to the player. You know, it wasn't fair on Havertz to keep running him out. You just, just get him out of the firing line. Just get him off because it just wasn't fair on him. And I, I this is what, you know, and again, I don't want to dig at Arteta 
because I appreciate everything he's done. And I, I, I love Arteta and I love the club and everything else. But there are times where he's very stubborn on certain players and he does not like to budge depending on what the game state is telling him. And I'm not going to be, I'm not accepting that it's his first job and it's inexperience anymore, James. I, I, I think after four seasons, that doesn't rub for me anymore. I think that rings very hollow. Um, you know, you know, to, to take off Odegaard and bring on Jorginho to shore it up when they were down to two to ten men and it was only two one. Why why didn't we we should have pushed on and killed the game? To after their goal to bring Jesus on in the ninety you know, okay, there was a bit of time in extra that weren't long enough for him to really have any influence. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I, I yeah. just... It, it, it's stuff like that that still... Just these little tiny things that irk me. Well, I think he's got a bit of that Arsene Wenger stubbornness, hasn't he? Of course. Yeah, it's um, it is frustrating. Uh, the 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 worry for me is obviously he can persist with these things, and the longer they don't work, and the more points we drop, and you know, we, we, just because we were we were in touching distance of it last season, and if we don't don't push on, I think the expectation will be, you know. Well, I think we'll be very disappointed if we don't kind of emulate what we did last season. I, for one, certainly will be. Um, but before you know it, you know, you have a couple more results like the one against Fulham and it could be November and you're 10 points off the pace. So that's my worry because you don't make up 10 points on City. I, I mean, I'd, I'd be amazed if we did. So we've got to stay within touching distance whilst formulating a plan of how this system can work. And and at the same time, trying to pick up results. Like it is... a uh, edgy situation we find ourselves in um and then you throw into the 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 mixed champions league league cup um it's going to be an interesting few months but you know if we can revert back to that system we saw last season um i think we'd be crazy to steer too far from it i think uh i think we'll be you know there or thereabouts for sure um but it's too early to be talking about a title way way too early um but one thing we will do for the final 10, 15 minutes of the show is answer your questions. Um, so thank you to everyone in the chat room that has left questions. We've got quite a few of them this evening. So um lot to get through, JJ. Lot to get through as we like it. Um, first up from Lynn Simpson, who's left a few. Thank you very much for your question, Lynn. Hope you're keeping well. Uh, would you agree with me that Mikko Arteta has seemed to go back and not forward? And it seems a shame with what lies ahead of us this season. That is a very bold claim from Lynn there. What do you think of it, mate? Uh, I think she's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that again. It's a very very small sample size, but I, I think that we haven't kicked on in the way that we, you, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at the performances, James, and not just the results. 
Um, I think Palace, okay, got away with one there, got the penalty. Um, I think Nottingham Forest, I never at any point thought we were going to lose that game, but we made it a lot harder than it needed to be towards the end. And then at the weekend, for me, like I said a minute ago, should, that should have been out of sight, out of mind. You know, to make those substitutions, we, we should have killed that game off when we had the chance. They were down to 10 men. They looked, they looked shaky. And we just we just allowed them back into it. Interesting. Interesting take. Next one from Canterbury Gooner. As a big club, how can we get better at selling? Do we get bullied into reducing the price? That's a really interesting one. And I think that's been on the top of everyone's lips um, in recent recent days, really, in recent weeks because of the sale of uh, Balogun. I believe we've got about 40-odd million euros and a 17.5% sell-on clause. So it's, it's not the worst deal in the world, but I can understand with some of the fees that are being thrown around for the likes of Cole Palmer, who's barely kicked the ball for City. Um, and obviously you've got Hoy- Hoyland um, that signed for Manchester United for ridiculous money. You're looking at Balogun, you're like, well, he scored a shed load of goals in Liga. He's very, very young. He's got you know his whole career ahead of him. Surely we've got to be looking at 50 million euros plus. Um, I mean, hopefully the deal will turn into that sort of figure with the sell-on clause if he does go for big money in the future. But it's an interesting point, isn't it, mate? Um, because there's a lot of players that we, we've got rid of that, you know, we weren't able to sell. I think it's crazy that there were no buyers for Kieran Tierney. And I'm, I'm amazed he's gone to Real Sociedad. You know, Champions League club, but I'd have thought there'd have been a Premier League suitor for him. I'm really surprised at that one. Um, obviously, clubs aren't coming in for players like Holding until the very last minute. The same for Cedric, the same for Pepe. You know, Laconga is still with the club. Um, Tavares. Um, I'm not sure it's a case of us getting bullied. I just think it's a question of our fringe players aren't in demand as we necessarily think they are. Yeah, there's that. And then also, um, we don't play the agent game, James. So we don't get involved with these intermediaries and these agents that go to their other clubs that they do shoddy stuff with and sell them. You know, we're not like Chelsea where we've got deals with Saudi where we can give players away or, you know, like Liverpool did with Saudi and everything else. We don't get in for whatever reason. We don't play that game or get involved in that game. Now, that could be to our benefit. That could be detrimental. However, I do feel that when you openly, and this is something that I think that we need to get much better at, we openly say that there's seven players there that we've got no interest in whatsoever. They're not going to play for the first team. They're not a part of the first team. They're on their own. They're training on their own. I haven't seen any other club in the league have that highlighted And I think that tanks their value, James, because people go, well, they don't want them. So maybe they'll rip their contracts up and we'll just buy them for free or we'll just get them on these dry. I mean, they're not even loans with obligations. So they're all going to they're all potentially going to come back. And then you've got the same situation again. And, you know, we, we set a precedent by paying all these players out at the time. Which, again, I'm grateful we did because those players were terrible, James. They weren't any good. Much like these seven that we've got. Okay, apart from... Well, hang on, I'll, I'll correct myself. Kieran Tierney's still a very good player. But the other six, for me, whatever. Um, but when you openly, through whatever chat... I mean, it was on Sky. It was in The Athletic. Just, yeah, these seven players, Arsenal don't want any more. That, that travels. 
people are going to be like, well, I'm not spending top dollar on them if Arsenal think they're, you know, dross. Yeah. Because I... people will go, if they're not good enough for Arsenal, how are they going to be any good for me? Yeah, but surely there's got to be a club that actually actively wants the player. You know, there's two sides to it, aren't there? Obviously, there's our side where we, you know, we're saying we don't want the player anymore. But then surely there's a flip side where some club out there really wants a player, the calibre of Kieran Tierney, for example. And obviously that, that's been Sociedad. But, I mean, how long were they weighing that one up? Or have they just done it because it's opportunistic? I don't know. I think it's one that we could talk about for I a think, long time. I, th- I, th- I, think, um, I think it's the opportunistic. It, you know, he, he wants to be playing it for a Champions League club. And he wants to be playing every week because Scotland are top of their Euro group and they're probably going to qualify for it. So he wants to be in good stead heading into a Euros. And for whatever reason, he was fourth choice at Arsenal and probably wasn't going to get any games. So I don't blame him for wanting to help his career and, no. and his, himself. You know, again, he's a player that's never done anything wrong, in my opinion. I mean, the majority of them haven't really done anything wrong. I don't think any it's of them just, have. The yeah, ones that are all just, left, I don't, don't Yeah, think. it's it's just, um, you know, holding great servants of the club. Sp- still speaks highly of the club now. He'd done that interview with uh, Timsey, didn't he, the other week? I thought it was great. Um, and, you know, he's another one. I'm so shocked that there isn't a team that's lower down in the league. Luton. You'd have Luton. Well, perfect. you know, they play that mid-block. Fantastic. Each slot in there perfectly. But, I don't know. I don't know if the market's so skew-whiffed for everybody. But then I really do think, James, that we don't help ourselves by just publicly announcing that these players are surplus. Yes, every, yes, we know this, but I think to just broadcast it, I think you do. I think you tank the value of players that way. Oh, absolutely. If you kind of make it known that they're for sale. Yeah. Then, <laughs> I mean, I mean the, only, the only one that's got away with that was Mbappe. And everybody knew that Mbappe was going to re-sign with PSG anyway. Because well, he's, to be fair, the, the he's argument... done it so often. He gives it the big and so often that he's going to go, I'm not staying, I'm not staying. Then he signs a new contract. That's the only one that I've seen that turned around, you know, because the, the other players in that little group at PSG that were all training on their own, they've all buggered off. They've managed to sell them. So it's an Arsenal thing, mate. It. It's got to be. It's got to be. Again, it's, it's the only real, that and the, the way, you know, like we manage the game states and everything else, the two real big Achilles heels for me that we just need to shift. Because every, everything else is fantastic. Oh, and I'd get rid of North London forever as well. But other than that. Oh, no, we can't. We can't go into that. one. You're going to upset too many people. Um, and that brings me on to our next. I question. upset people by breathing, James. <laughs> oh, don't, come on, don't do yourself a disservice. Come on, way too harsh on yourself. Karen Russell, what are your thoughts on the Champions League draw and which away games would you like to uh, go to? I mean, we've already touched on how you know happy we are with the draw. Um, but if there was any one of those games that someone said, you know what, JJ, I can sort you a ticket for absolutely anyone, but just one, what one would you be picking? Oh, I, I would love to go to Seville, James. Who wouldn't? <laughs> I think, I th- yeah, I think, I, think, I think me and Spain. Uh, I might have to have my Factor 1000 sun cream. Uh, but... Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love a trip to Spain, mate. I think it'd be great. I would like to go to any any of them, to be honest. But I think PSV would be the one that would be sticking out to me. I mean, Sevilla's a lovely place, but PSV atmosphere looks amazing. Um, never been to Holland, so yeah, that'd be that'd be my one. There's, there's good there's good beers in Holland. There's very very good beers. 
What more not incentive like, do I need? Not, not like not like at the Emirates, you'll you'll get your Amstels and your Heineken's out there, mate. Ah, oh, yeah, no, I can't take another Camden Hills. Yeah, exactly, not for exactly. Me, right? Um, we've got another one from Lynn Simpson. Thank you again for your question, Lynn. Uh, do you feel that playing Partey out of position doesn't help Saka and Erdegaard to be the players they were last season? Um, I'll answer that very quickly. Yes, uh, because we've completely disconnected that right-hand side, that link between White and Saka. Um, that trio of White, Saka, Erdegaard that was so fruitful last season has completely dissipated. It's not been there. I think it's affecting all of them. But hopefully, as we've already spoken about, we see that come to an end this season. Thank you very much for your question, Lynn. Uh, and from our lovely host, PG, again, this is the topic on everyone's lips, mate. How are you both going to feel if Partey is a right back on Saturday, on Sunday, sorry, against United? For me, I will feel physically sick. I don't know about you. Yeah, well well summed up. I can't say the word that I uh, will feel. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's not, it's not going to be good. I just... I think for me, it will just fry my brain because at that point, I will not understand why he's doing it. Um, you know, I kind of got it, you know, with Zinchenko being out, but Zinchenko's fully fit now. You know, White has been fantastic as a right back for us. We've got a t- two of the best centre halves in the league in Saliba and Gabriel. Zinchenko had so much to our plate. You just, you don't need me to spell it out. Everyone watching this knows uh, exactly what he does. I will be completely miffed if he, if Zinchenko isn't playing on Sunday because you know for a fact that in that England-Ukraine game, he'll start. Oh, without so, I, so I'll be like, how's he fit enough to start for Ukraine against England, but he's not fit enough to start for Arsenal against Man United? Well, he's been fit for us for weeks. Exactly. You know, he's he's exactly. played two games, albeit they haven't been the full 90 minutes, but he has played two games yep. of high intensity. He's fit enough to start. No excuses, no ifs, no buts. Um and another question from Karen Russell. Uh, do you think if Gabriel was in the defence against Fulham, do you think that equaliser would have gone in? I don't know. It depends. It depends because I don't know who would pick up which man if Gabriel was in there. I think he would add that bit of yeah. aerial presence that yeah. we really did see uh, on it. He might, have, he might have been a bit more vocal in terms of uh, telling them to win that first header that obviously Zinchenko misses. But yeah. Well, no point hypothesising. What's happened has happened. Let's let's exactly. leave the Fulham game in the past. Um, from Yamara G, with all the tinkering around the lineup, how likely is it we go back to normal and it just flows? Are we in a good enough rhythm for that system to just fall into place? Very good point because you would hope that with all the you know cogs falling into their right slots, it would just work like clockwork as it did last season. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to, even if we do revert back to that system. It all depends on the personnel who are starting. But you would assume if it's something similar to what we saw last season, um, we should be we should be you know flowing in the way that we want to be. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's an interesting point, mate. Do you think uh, do you think it'll all fall into place? If they can't get themselves g'd up for Man United on Sunday at the Emirates under the lights, what are they there for, mate? Very, very well said. What are they there for? You know what I mean? I've, I think the conditions are there perfectly for it to fall straight into place. And let's hope it does. Yeah. I don't think you need to say any more on that one. Nope. <laughs> sorry sorry if that's a bit vague. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I think uh, you play their players in their correct positions. 
you restore those partnerships, there's no reason for it not to work. And I think if there's any evidence that it will work, it is that second half against Fulham when Zinchenko came on and everyone kind of went back to went back to type. Okay, we conceded it was poor, but the football was so much better compared to the first half. So I'm I'm confident that if we see the right team, then um yeah, normality will be restored and hopefully we can we can get a convincing result against United. Um just two more questions, mate. Barry Byrne, hope you're doing well, Barry. Why isn't he starting Emil Smith Rowe? Yeah, I've got no idea. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have access. One day, me and you will have access to the presser, James, and we'll we'll ask him that question. But until then, I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. I, I thought, like I said, this after this summer, the conditions were perfect for him to be that player. But clearly, there's something I'm not seeing in training, or there there could be something with his attitude that's been mentioned previously. And yeah, it just it just doesn't fancy him as that player. I think I think the Brentford game, we will rotate, and I think I think he'll definitely. If he's not starting that one, I would really be looking at it, going, "Well, hang on here, it's got to be something a bit more." Yeah, I mean, he has to start that game, doesn't he? I mean, he's getting on the bench. That's the one saving grace, but he's not getting minutes. I think my only defence of him not playing is that I believe Arteta wants to bring him on in a game state where the game is effectively won. Um, so if we can bring him on, you know, at three 0 up then he will get minutes. Uh, reality is that hasn't happened so far this season. I think Arteta doesn't quite know what version of Smith-Rowe he's going to get. Is he going to get a player that will change the game? Or is he going to get the guy that came on you know, against Bournemouth, for example, last season, um, where he wasn't as prolific as I think we want him to be? So I think he's kind of torn in terms of his thinking, in terms of what player is he going to get out of there. Um, so... That would be my only slight reservation as to why he's not seen any minutes yet. But uh, I agree, um, you know, he has to start that League Cup game and hopefully get minutes in the Champions League. And hopefully, if we're 3-0 up and cruising against United, get us on on the weekend. And final question from PW, again relating to uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, and it's a very fair question. Why did Arteta buy habits when we have Emil Smith-Rowe and Vieira who both occupy a very similar position? Yeah, again. He's clearly seen something in Havertz that at the moment I'm not seeing. So that makes him think that he's potentially better than both these players are or could could even develop to be. So that's that's why. Well it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, I think we all think of Havertz as being quite an old bloke, but he's not. He's kind of in the same oh, right. age bracket yeah. as these three, yep. um, as those two, sorry. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it develops because I don't think we've got room to accommodate all three of them. Um, not when you consider we've got Martin Erdogan as well. I mean, you've got four players there who are all going to be wanting to start games. Um, it's going to be interesting, really interesting. But that's... Uh... I, I look at Vieira and I think that maybe now instead of being more of a 10 option or an eight option, he might be another player that plays on that right hand. So if you look, if you remember in preseason, he was coming on playing wide right quite a bit. So I think maybe he could be another rotational option with Saka if we choose to rotate him. But we seem to just want to play Saka every minute, every second yeah, of every hour of every day. Uh, Vieira has no defending to do. He's actually a very good player. I mean, that, that's, what, that's what was so good about him in the Fulham games because we were yeah. just pressing and pressing and pressing. He had the ball all the time. He was doing what he wanted to do a bit. Um, it's, it's when he plays in that left eight role, I think, because he started a couple of games in that position last season. 
really did not convince in that role. But if you remember, his one of his best games uh, came away from home at Brentford when he deputised for Martin Erdegaard in a role that doesn't require as much defensive responsibility, that bit further up the pitch. If he's in those sort of roles, I think he's a very, very useful asset to this team. Um, exactly. But but that cameo he had against Fulham, fantastic. Um, I don't think he's going to be a player that will be starting anytime soon. But if he can carry on like that, you know, I'm sure he'll get starts in the Champions League. No doubt he'll start the League Cup. Um, I'm really, really happy for him. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how those three vie out because um, it's uh, it's going to be tight for places. But on that note, mate, we've just done over an hour. Um, fantastic stuff. Pleasure as always chatting with you. Just before you shoot off, what's your prediction for the game on Sunday? I'm going to say that Arsenal win 2-1. Nervy, but we'll get it done like last season. I know last season we're 3 2, but yeah, it was a bit nervy, but we got it done. But yeah, 2 1. I would love for us to get a clean sheet in this game. Um, oh, same. Massively. Yeah. We're Massively. conceding far too many goals in yeah. the Emirates, but it's not, it's not yeah. going to happen, is it? I just, I just don't see it. I'm, I'm going, I think I'll go 3 1. I think there's goals in this game. I think my prediction will change based on the lineup. So, you know, if we did these shows with 10 minutes to go, I think we'd be in a much better position to give uh, give our predictions. But on that note, mate, I'll leave it there. Thank you ever so much to everyone in the chat room for joining us. Um, just before you shoot off, JJ, where can people find you? Yeah, it's just uh, like it is there. It's at LL Cool James 91 and then all the links are in there. And I'm actually doing a stream on my channel in about 20, 25 minutes. Same sort of thing. So if you want to hear it twice, you're more than welcome to. Lovely. Please do go and subscribe to James's channel. Check him out oh, on Twitter. You, and uh, no, that's all right. You're very welcome. Your stuff's very good. And um, yeah, I think from the both of us, that's it from the same old Arsenal podcast for this evening. Myself, Amanda, and I believe Chris will be back on Monday night to uh, look back at what will hopefully be a thumping win against United. But until then, from myself and JJ, take care of yourself, keep well, and come on you Arsenal. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.